We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and here's my impression of a reality TV star explaining Progressive's discounts. So I was talking to Greg, and he said that Daly knew what Erica said about her when we were all on Marcus's boat. And I was like, you what? Wait for a seer drama because Progressive totes his discounts like Safe Driver, Multi-Policy, and Paid in Full. So it's not like he said, she said, shut up, whatever. So basic, you know? Discounts to help you save more. Now that's Progressive. But then he was all, no way, Jose, because his name's Jose. Legit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Yeah, everyone knows James is dying to play for Leicester. <laughs> yeah, boyhood club. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, EFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is a third of the way through special where we're going to take a look at the FPL season long format, and we are going to uh, pretend that we played our wild cards this week. And joining me, as always, is Andrew Laird at Rotowire Andrew on the Twitter, and a special guest. You've heard him here before. He's the smartest man that we talk to. It's John Wallen at Fantasy Gaffer on the Twitter, and from Play Taga. Welcome back, John. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me on again. No, no, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Now, uh, we we will not be uh, – I've gotten a couple Twitter requests. We will not be discussing the uh, the DFS rulings in New York. Um, just uh, – I'm bitter about it. My soccer season is basically getting worse and worse <laughs> as the time go, as time goes on. But no, I, uh, you know, that's not that, that's not what we're that's not a show. That's not a topic for us. We're just going to continue to uh, move on, giving our mediocre advice or sub mediocre advice, if you will. So uh, so Andrew and John, uh, we went under the premise of if we used our wild cards uh, in the FPL official game format, even though I don't like the term official game. Uh, e- either way, um, let's all get started. And first of all, let's get started with just the premise of right now. Would you use the wild card now, John? Um, well, I, I don't have it left to use, unfortunately, Mike. I burned my wild card uh, in game week nine. So I um, I don't have another one, I guess, until the second half of the season with the way that the FPL decided to, to change the rules around with the uh, with the chips that they're employing this season. So I, I don't have mine anymore. In looking at the way that, you know, my 11 and then I guess by extension, the way my 15 here shakes out, I don't know that I would. I mean, I can make most of the changes that I want to make in a series of, uh, you know, two for two trades over the next three weeks. And with the way that um, players are coming out of the international break injured, I don't see a ton of value in uh, making those moves. The players that I'm, I'm looking to acquire, I, I guess some of them I already have, but then the players that I would cast, you know, sort of a wider net to bring in are players that are, are facing a little bit of an injury concern. I mean, players like Sergio Aguero may be coming back a little too quickly from a hamstring injury. Uh, Jamie Vardy, obviously picking up that knock. Hector Bellerin has an issue. Uh, Virgil van Dyke has an issue. So, I mean, all those guys are, you know, players that are kind of on the come and I'm not sure I want them in my team this week. Yeah. And uh, in general, uh, Andrew, would you look at the, you know, the percentages of, uh, of, of who's owned? Uh, with, does that affect your decision at all, whether to pick up players, whether it be via the wild card or not? It's certainly something to consider. Like your, um, I think John kind of made the, a big point when he did the Men and Blazers podcast early in the season that you want to find those differential picks. And so, you know, you want to find those guys. But on the other hand, you don't necessarily want to do it to the detriment of of quality. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the two guys right now that stand out that are basically on everybody's team are Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez. They're just like way too good and they're way too underpriced because, you know, FPL can't raise their price fast enough. So everybody has those guys. So it's almost like if you don't have those two, everybody else is kind of enough of a differential. Uh, they're, the injury guys are ones that I think you can probably find the differentials on now. Like David Silva is supposed to be back this week. He's, I think, less than 5% owned. So if, you know, he starts this week and you have him, that's a pretty good uh, differential. But, like, basically looking for cheaper guys that nobody has is, you know, you don't want to necessarily base your team on that because then you lose out on quality. 
Yeah, and we had this debate at the beginning of the season as well. And uh, so, John, I was not the popular guy at our preseason stuff saying that I refused to pay any kind of money for any kind of defender or goalkeeper. <laughs> and it has proven to be a decent strategy this season, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's as long as you're willing to take the the bad with the good and maybe make a couple of, uh, of leaps of faith in terms of playing time I and mean, players like Eric Dyer really come to mind. Um, still just 5.2 million uh, rated in the official game, 9.2% selected there, obviously um, playing for England and for Tottenham alongside Del Ali and doing a fine job of it. You know, loads of points there to be had. Um, in in defense and it was a differential for a good portion of the season i mean if you look back one of the things that i do um i do like about the official game is that they showed that net transfer i'd like for them to go one step further and show the ownership percentage each week um but you know you can see that really somebody like eric dyer didn't become very popular until the 4th of October when he had a, a plus 183,000 net transfers in. And that was following a run where he had done, you know, nine points, uh, six points, seven points in uh, three on the spin. So yeah, Mike, I mean, in, in terms of that, you, you, you hit it bang on. How's, uh, how's your team doing this year? Oh, it's doing terribly, but that's not because of the defense. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the defense. You know, uh, you know it's because I, 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 to be fair, it's because I put a lot of faith in Wayne Rooney at the beginning of the season. Uh, that that that's hurt me, and and also Memphis to pay. I mean, th- th- those two those two guys alone, uh, you know, being stubborn about my, you know, being stubborn about your studs, uh, that really hurt. Uh, they they've been bad. They've stunk out loud all season. So to to stick up for for Mike a little bit here, uh, the top three goalkeepers are Herelio Gomez, Boaz Myhill, and Jack Butland. None of them all, costing more than right. They're all, all under five still. Four. Right, right. And so in in that case, uh, the point was there. And subsequently, if you looked at the beginning of the season of the highest priced defenders, I mean, you were paying up for uh, Leighton Baines, who ended up being hurt and didn't uh, didn't play. You had uh, you know the all the Kieran, Chelsea guys who Kieran been, Trippier, Kieran uh, Trippier, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm just saying, even the one you know, we knew right away. You know, starting in week one, the Trippier wasn't going to do it. But if you stuck with John Terry or Bronislav Ivanovic, like or Cahill, like all of those guys are very expensive and have just been burning people left and right. Yeah, same thing for in daily for some of those guys. Even when they started to come down in price, they're still burning you. So, uh, and I and I've been saying it since the beginning of the season when I said that you know, hey, you know, Chelsea may not make the top four this season. You know, my my heart says they'll finish second, but I don't, you know, my head says they won't finish in the top four. And it's because of the defense. They're just not very good. But, you know, that ownership percentage you saw at the beginning of the season, they were terrible. Um they, and they've been content they've continued to be terrible. So um yeah, uh, I think but I think this I think there's really something to it because defense and goalkeeper even at the beginning of the season you know all of us wrote down like who our top goalkeeper was going to be all 10 of us wrote down different people Mm. yep so just just on that alone it's like no there's no consensus here so just there's there's no reason to pay up and you know the guy i picked happened to be happens to be one point out of the first just to just want to throw that out there thanks guys (laughs) Well, well, well done. Hey, I, to, to give both you guys a, a, a little bit more of a do, um, Danny Rose is uh, 1.7% selected right now That's in the crazy. FPL game. He's 5.2 million. And I'm bringing him up because I know you, we're not going to really touch on uh, on daily and what's going on with the, with the gambling side of it. But if people are looking 
for a daily or a weekly game that is still legal in the state of New York. You can play Taga's Perfect 11. And I'm bringing that up because Danny Rose has been one of the four highest scoring points uh, defenders in that format. Uh, two of the last three weeks and I think three of the last five weeks. And that's because he's creating chances. Um, he's beating men off the dribble. He's getting the ball into the danger zone. And what that hasn't quite translated into yet, uh, well, I mean, it has over the last three matches, obviously. He, he's banged an assist in each of the last three. And I think that, you know, as he's getting this playing time now, he only had 90 minutes once before the 17th of October. He's had 90 minutes in three of the last four matches. Again, assists in three of the last four. And 1.7%. He's, a, he's an undervalued defender. He's a, a bang-on starter for that side right now. And he's a massive differential play if, if you're in a salary cap league. Yeah. yeah, and he was at five flat, and he's been bumped up a couple times over the past three or four weeks. So I think he was actually – I think he's well, he, down. No, he, he started was five, at 5-5. Five, five. He got down to five flat when he was injured. Um, at least, at, least I, at least I thought I saw it that way, or it could have been Kyle Walker. I'm not positive. Yeah, it I might have been Walker because yeah. Rose yeah, isn't Walker's showing that he, yeah, that he came down below five. That doesn't mean he didn't have a one-day bounce where he fell, um, but at the end of the week, he was yeah. – Well, maintained. yeah, I know I was seeing Tottenham defenders at five with them being close to the top of the league in clean sheets. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's – or sorry, it, uh, in goals allowed. Sorry, not clean sheets. Well, right. they're, they're one of the one of the stingiest teams. They, I mean, they, they let up one goal a game, but they're one of the stingiest teams. In terms of in this format, that one goal hurts a lot. It does. It does. But uh, no, let, let you know. We keep talking about these players. Let's actually get to let's actually get to our team. So I'm pretty sure that a lot of us are going to pick the very similar goalkeepers. So uh, I, I'll, I'll start with mine, and we'll just see uh, how many differentials we have here. Uh, we kind of mentioned them off the bat. I picked Aurelio Gomez at 4.7 and Jack Butland at 4.6 just because they're extraordinarily cheap. And I, and I'm not a big believer in past results dictating, you know, future production, but at the price, why not here? Uh, Aurelio Gomez plays for a defensive minded team and Jack Butland can make 11 saves in a game. <laughs> It just it can happen. So uh, I mean, Andrew, uh, your goalkeepers. I'm pretty sure Butlin's one of them. Yeah, I have the exact the, the exact same ones. The only other one that I considered was Wayne uh, Hennessy because he's at four flat. Uh, yeah. I just not sure how how locked in he is on that job. I mean, Sproni's been fit for a while, and and Hennessy keeps starting, but uh, I'm I'm I wasn't as confident about it. Uh, and I also considered Adam Federici at four, four, but you know, for two, you know, two tenths more, I would, I thought Butlin would be an easier call. Yeah. Uh, uh, John, uh, did you pick any different goalkeeper there? Yeah, I have Rob Elliott in my team. I mean, he's 4 million pounds. He's 1.6% selected. He's kept clean sheets and two on the, you know, two in a row. And he does not have a particularly difficult run of fixtures here. I, again, I mean, for fantasy purposes. I think Newcastle lose all three of these games and he probably gives up at least a goal in them. But I think he's still going to end up being good value there, especially as a second keeper. It's uh, it's Leicester at home, Crystal Palace away, Liverpool at home, um, Spurs away. Obviously, you know, all those teams are, are attack-minded. Um, I think that Newcastle's probably not going to uh, sell out to defend because all three of those, uh, I, mean, I guess even Spurs really, all four of those teams can be counterattacked pretty effectively. Uh, there's no reason not to let Jorginho and Yaldum, uh, you know, and Alexander Mitrovic uh, take a shot at the opposing end. But I like Rob Elliott to, you know, make four or five saves in those, maybe only let in one goal. 
Um, and, and when you consider he's my second goalkeeper at four million and and a differential at that, I, I don't see it, uh, you know, as being a bad play. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I thought about it briefly, not much, briefly. <laughs> Um, but then I remembered it was Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, why why do you like him more than Hennessy? Uh, well, I mean, you're going to save the money. Um, well, Hennessy's Hennessy's four point oh as well. It's true. Sorry. Um, you know, honestly, I I didn't consider. Um, I didn't actually even consider Hennessy. And you have to say that's a, it's a better run of fixtures for at least the next two with Sunderland, Newcastle, than Everton away. Um, but I think I, I'd still probably roll the dice with Rob Elliott. I mean. And and maybe it's just because you know he's uh, the flavor of the week, and I can get him at a one point seven percent ownership. Hennessy is actually eight point one percent owned yeah. and being started by a decent number of teams. So while it's certainly not a bad play, and while it's, it's not bad in rotation, um, I, I might actually just be flat starting. Um, excuse me, I might be flat starting uh, Aurelio Gomes and just never worrying about putting Rob Elliott in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I like the strategy of uh, obviously saving money at goalkeeping. Uh, To me, you know, Rob Elliott being the starter now because Cruel's out for the season, uh, that's, there's definitely value there. A 4.0 starter that if Gomez does go down for a period of time, you can slot him in there. You can get production out of someone who's the minimum price, so... Um, I do like that strategy. I'm a little jealous. I didn't think of it because I love to save it this area of the pitch. But uh, John, let's let let's get your five defenders here. Um, so my defenders, I, I've gone about this a couple different ways. The guys that I have in right now, for purposes of hitting that hundred million pound cap, and so that most people could uh, could make this team if they were so inclined, is uh, Hector Bellerin, Virgil Van Dyke, Eric Dyer, Chris Smalling, and Scott Dan. And Smalling, obviously, there's the most expensive at 6.7. I could very easily see swapping him out um, for either Danny Rose at 5.2 or Ryan Bertrand at 5.2. And in fact, in a different version of the same team that I made, I did not bring in either Smalling or Dan and did have uh, Bertrand and Danny Rose there, picked up an extra 1.5 million that I spent in attack. And I really liked having that extra 1.5. Yep. Um, eventually I went back to Smalling only because I guess I kind of thought it would be um, a little bit better of a talking point in that I like United's fixtures here with, with Watford, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, Norwich, Stoke. Um, that takes you up till Boxing Day. And while four of those six are away from home, I don't see that mattering. And if you, and if you look at the table, it, it pretty clearly doesn't matter to Louis Van Hall's side. Like, they're going to not concede goals no matter where they go, and they're going to not score goals no matter where they're playing. Hmm. It's very interesting. I, I just, I typically am not somebody who spends that much on defense either way. Um, but, Andrew, your defense, did you, did you, did you, did you spend money on anybody or? Um, Alberto Moreno is the highest price guy I have at 4.8. And the way that I was kind of looking at it with the, with how heavily clean sheets are, you know, scored for, for defenders, like that's really where you're getting your, your points from them, that I tried to look at it more just from a team point point of view. Um, and at that point, I, you know, you're still going to end up paying up for, for other guys. I, I did pay 4-6 for uh, Alan Neom, um, which... I have four tenths left over, and I originally had uh, Cedric Suarez in there at five flat, and I think for out of spite, I didn't want to pay five, even though he's the cheapest guy on that um, Southampton back line. So I, I like the 
you know, and I've always kind of tried to get myself back into the Southampton defense. So uh, I would go either way on those guys. And then I picked up Charlie Daniels for four five, Poppy Soiree at four five, and Philip Wolscheid at four three to try to get a little exposure to the Stoke defense. So to explain the Stoke defense, because you know Stoke have not really been the same defensive unit since Pulis has left. Yeah, it's it's mostly just trying to get a combination of a defender with Butland. Uh, I also uh, think that some of their defensive uh, frailties have come during Ryan Shawcross's absence. Now that he's back, I think they're they're a much better unit. The problem is is that Wolshide doesn't necessarily have a locked up starting spot. Uh, they could probably they could always use Jeff Cameron there next to uh, Shawcross. So there's there's a little you know rotation risk with him, yeah. but. At four well, Cam- three, well, Cam- yeah, Cameron's played everywhere. He's played at right back. Yeah. He's played defensive midfield. Yeah, but they, I think Peters and Glenn Johnson are pretty locked in those outside spots. But mm-hmm. I, I never play five defenders anyway, so leaving him on the bench is no problem for me anyway. Yeah. So uh, I, I actually spent more than I usually do. I have two players whose price starts with five, which is a lot for me. So I, I don't did. Even know who you are uh, anymore? Oh, yeah, exactly. I did take Cedric. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, Andrew. I also have Craig Cathcart from Watford. I, I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm at exactly a hundred million, so I couldn't go up the point one to get Neom, yeah. who I really <laughs> like. But it's only like a one point difference as of right now between the two players. Yeah. Um, and then surprisingly, I'm surprised no one's mentioned this name yet. Uh, actually, I'll save him for the end. But I also have because uh, he's the. I think there's a talking point there. Uh, but I mean, I also still have my favorite from preseason, Simon Francis, uh, at 4.5. Uh, I don't expect to play him much, but he he's going to be the he's going to be the fifth guy. I also have Kyle Walker at 5.0. Again, I would have liked to have gone with Danny Rose. I'm just flat. I'm maxed out, so I, I dropped down to Kyle Walker. And the last guy, I'm surprised no one mentioned him because before he got injured, he was playing extraordinarily well, and he's back now. And it's Joel Ward. For Crystal Palace at four point four. That's a, that's a great play. I don't have any problem bringing in Joel Ward at four point four. And I'm uh, and I'm I'm you know I'm actually debating between him and Cathcart. It's probably going to be Joel Ward, Cedric, and Kyle Walker for me most weeks in mm-hmm. the three in three in the back. And I think that's solid. Um, I think there's clean sheet potential in all three of them, and all three of them get forward. So. I'm pretty happy about that, and you know, 14.4 between my three starting defenders. I don't think that's a bad thing. So uh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So someone to think about for this for the rest of the season, Joel Ward. Possibly, I don't know what his pricing is going into the weekend yet for daily, but for season long, especially now. I mean, you can definitely buy low on Joel Ward, and I think now is the time to do it as he, you know, had now as he had, he played a game, you know, coming back from the injury. But now he's had the time over the international break to rest again. He'll be ready to go, fresh legs. So, uh, Andrew, on that note, uh, which fresh legs do you have in your midfield? Uh, I, Riyad Mahrez was the first one I plugged right in, completely ignoring the fact that everybody has him. I just feel like they're you're you're losing out um, without without him there. And... You mean Real Madrid's Riyad Mahrez? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the next. <laughs> You know, five or six, seven fixtures aren't ideal, but I'm not sure there are that many that I would hesitate uh, 
you know, starting him. Like Leicester have, have proven that they can score pretty much on anybody. So, you know, Newcastle, home against United, at Swansea, home against Chelsea, at Everton, at Liverpool, home against Man City. Like normally that looks like a pretty murderer's row of, of opponents, but with the way that Leicester's played, it just takes them to go down one or two goals and then, then just start flying all over the field. So um, I paid 10-6 for Kevin De Bruyne, who uh, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to be said I, other than he. I think he actually gets better now that David Silva is going to come back. I paid 8-9 for Mesut Ozil, which I didn't really want to do. Um, chasing assists. But, well, he I'm chasing all of the assists, and so that's why I think it's okay. <laughs> Um, he's the third highest scoring player in, in this game. So the assists obviously pay off. You also get clean sheet points from midfielders. So I'll happily take those. Um, I paid seven, one for Dusan Tadic. Uh, I thought about trying to figure out a way to get Sadio Mane in there, but Tadic just seems to be involved a little more that in this format, I'll take any goals or assists that come from him. And then. I paid 4.9 for Dele Ali, who I think should be the highest-owned player at that price, given how well he's playing right now. Is there a fifth? Uh, that should be five. Mares, right. Tadic, De Bruyne, Ozil, Dele Ali. That's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Or Dele Ali, as they say in England, and throws yes. me off every time. Like it's a single word. Or Ali, or Ali Dyer. <laughs> 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 Just, uh, no, that, that, but that's four point, I mean, 4.9, the fact that he's starting in a Spurs side that's, you know, playing pretty well right now, they score tons of goals. He had that wonder goal for England, which obviously doesn't count here, but, you know, it'll keep him in the starting lineup that that price is, I mean, that's his price that he should have gotten when he, you know, came here since he was playing yeah. MK on the, flip, so, on the flip side is uh, England compatriot Ryan Mason was somehow called up to the team for reasons <laughs> known only to very few. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the flip side of that. But uh, but John, let's get let's get your midfield five. I I did not include uh, Mesut Ozil, and there's I mean there's no real good reason not to have him in your team. It's just at twenty three point whatever it is twenty three point eight percent owned eight point nine million. I think he's pretty much a no brainer. He has eight assists in his last six matches, and upcoming they have West Brom, Norwich, Sunderland, and Villa. I mean. you could make an argument that you should just have, you know, uh, Santi Cazorla, Olivier Giroud, and Mesut Ozil in any team that you're making right now, because that's yeah, it's brutal. They're they're gonna crush everyone. Um, my midfield is not gonna be surprising to anybody that follows anything that I do. In that I have Jorginho and Yaldum, I have Ryan Mares, I have Kevin De Bruyne, I have uh, Dusan Tadic, and I have Kabaye, and. One of the things that I would probably do if I was going to go for a lower cost defense is upgrade to uh, David Silva in that Tadic spot, which is like another 2.8 million. And I'm actually okay with that because I would drop Kabaye in that as well. And I would bring in Lanzini from West Ham. Mm, I really thought about him. He is super inexpensive, 5.3 million. I had thought he was going to be at least 10% owned. He is 1.1% owned. I don't think people know who he is. I can't fathom it. And the way that team is right now, the fact that Dimitri Payet, you may have heard, is injured. And he this is going to be a, a phenomenal run. It's Spurs, West Brom, United, Stoke, Swansea, Villa. I mean, none of these teams are, are inspiring any kind of fear, particularly at the price that you're getting in at, particularly at the ownership percentage that you're getting in at. 
Um, so if you can afford to go inexpensive in defense, and I currently, I'm going to tell you, Mike, Andrew, like right now, the defense that I'm using in order to be able to fit in David Silva, Kevin Debrunia, and then obviously Lanzini's inexpensive, but every one of these guys is 5.2 or higher. It's Rose at 5.2, Dyer at 5.2, Bertrand at 5.3, Van Dyke at 5.6, Bellerin at 5.7. Obviously, some of those prices are not static because I, I got in on them early and I'm using the savings here, but they're not so overpriced that you can't afford yeah. to invest elsewhere. What would your thoughts be? So this is an interesting comparison because they're similarly priced and both on West Ham. Um, you know, Lanzini versus Victor Moses. I was just about to say that. Victor Moses, well, I, I want to add, is 0.4% owned. Okay. Uh, how many minutes do you think Victor Moses has played this season? Well, he missed all 90 against Chelsea. <laughs> okay. He's played 500 minutes, right? <laughs> to to Lanzini's, uh, to Manuel Lanzini's uh, 700 minutes, roughly. I mean, it's, it's cutting minutes here and there. But he has been outscored by Lanzini by 20 fantasy points in the official game. 25 points for Victor Moses in 500 minutes is a horrible return. And even though he's inexpensive and even though I loved him and I thought he was going to be a fantasy genius when he came to Liverpool – Stop me if you've heard that before. Um, he is <laughs> we'll get to that. not somebody I'm investing in right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a name that's auspiciously not on your midfield five, someone you talked about quite a bit during the preseason. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Roberto Firmino. Does anyone know where he is? Uh, Roberto Firmino was last seen assisting in each of the last two Liverpool starts that he made. And I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. I actually. I, it sounds like you are. That's exactly what you're doing, actually. <laughs> I, uh, I own him in every single draft. I, well, I think I own him in every single draft league. I can't imagine somebody paid a higher premium than I did. Um, I do still see uh, value in him if you're in one of the places where you can play daily. Um, and as long as he's in that starting eleven, I, I trust him to to return. I don't know if it's a fitness issue. I, you know, I've tried to reach out to Ben Dinnery and, and a couple other people to see if it's um, just you know, managing fatigue or, or what it is, because I don't see any way he's not one of their best eleven. Jurgen Klopp's come out and said that he's one of their best eleven, um, and then he was, uh, you know, surprisingly omitted uh, in that loss that they had to Crystal Palace. So I mean, I think all of that portends better playing time for him. But until he's actually getting at least 70 minutes in consecutive matches, I, I can't advocate investing in him in a salary cap format. I was really so, hoping you were going to say you reached out to Jurgen Klopp. I was really <laughs> hoping that. <laughs> I, I would like very much to be able to do that. And if you have his contact information, feel free to forward it along. Yeah, I'll DM that to you after the podcast. Thank you. Gang and press at liverpoolfc.co.uk. Okay. <laughs> Now, uh, no, I mean, when when Sturridge and Benteke are both healthy, where does Firmino fit in? Right behind them. And then where does Coutinho fit in? Right behind that. Coutinho really should. If you look at his numbers from last year, and I think Michael Cayley, um, MC of A, uh, I think he did the the um, research on it. It may have been one of the other guys that you can you know that you can find that do the the more advanced metric stuff uh, on Twitter or, or around. Um, had looked at uh, where Coutinho's heat maps and, and his passing, um, his passing funnels, and Coutinho he passes. really, Coutinho passes a lot and and well, um, and just not in the final third. Right, he only shoots Great. in the final third. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes not even then. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
he's he realistically if you can if you can put him in that in that middle three or mid, middle four depending on where Christian Benteke and Daniel Sturridge are going to get lined up because again I don't see Klopp playing uh, a four four two outright so it's going to be some form of three five two four five one four two three what is it four two three two um four, two, three, one yeah which is another form of four yeah. five one it's just yeah. right yeah there we go yeah it's and, it's really more a matter of if you if they can play Sturridge and Benteke through the middle at the same time which I'm not convinced is the case and then I don't disagree with that but I guess the idea would really be that you use them in sort of an Owen Fowler um, pairing where they are just given their channel and they're allowed to be out and out strikers in their channel. And then you just need to have somebody in behind them. And I think that uh, Firmino is, is ideally suited to that role. Mm, that's a lot of defense not being played. That's what I hear. <laughs> have, yeah, that, that's exactly what that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. But you know, I don't want to make this too much of a Liverpool podcast. I did want to I did want to get to that, though, because a lot of players in Liverpool are starting to get healthy under Jurgen Klopp. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they line up going forward. So uh, but before but before we get on to the forwards, uh, let me give my midfield five. Um, I do have Riyad Mahrez uh, like both of you. I have Dusan Tadic, I believe, like both of you. And I think that's where the similarities end. I, I paid five point five for a favorite of mine, Nathan Redmond even though he doesn't start all the time, which is really confusing. Um, but he'll be probably the one that stays on the bench most of the time. Ross Barkley at 6.8, um, just because he is the biggest boomer bust and he's probably not highly owned. Uh, he has so much talent and one day he'll unlock it consistently, but I don't know when that is. Uh, and then I paid the 11.3 for Alexis Sanchez. Um, wow. You did I like, I did. I like goals um, from midfielders. I really do. Um, but I think Alexis Sanchez has the capability of getting goals and assists. I think we talked about it, um, you know, at the beginning of the season that he's one of the few players that he could get double digits and goals and assists. Won't happen this year, but he's one of those few players that can pace out that way that he can get double digit goals and assists. Um, do you guys both still feel that he has that ability? Let's say, you know, we're going two thirds the way, so like six and six from here on out. You I worry that he's exhausted. Yeah, I just worry that he's exhausted. That he has played so many matches and plays ninety minutes basically every time that he's just getting run down. And so, using that's kind of kind of another reason that I picked uh, Ozil because I don't think that they're going to use Sanchez much in a kind of to set things up. I think they're going to hope that he can just find some space in the box and, and power in some goals. I'm just not sure that the, I don't think our preseason projections are, are going to be met. And that's what, what worries me. I also don't want to um, drop facts on you, but Barkley's the sixth highest owned midfielder. Yep. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's just a weekly, a weekly phenomenon that he's not owned that much. Yeah. So it's he's So in the season long game, he is owned. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I may be switching out Ross Barkley for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. The 6.8 is a, is a tremendous price. That's, I mean. That's the, that's the tease of it all. Yeah. But. Yep. You know what's staggering is that Alexis Sanchez is 11.6 million. He is 39.7% yeah. owned. Second highest midfielder. Unreal. Not only that, if you go back and again, I just I would love to do this. So if you look at his, you know, you look at his history, you see a ton of net transfers in and out. I mean, primarily in. 
Um, but he's played 952 minutes, the third or fourth most of any um, outfield Arsenal player. Yeah. He's only scored. He has six goals and one assist. He's only scored in three games. Mm-hmm. And he did it all in a row. He scored three against Leicester, two against United, one against Watford. Nothing in the last three matches. Not a goal, not an assist. And he played 88, 90, and 90 minutes. He returned seven fantasy points in those three weeks. Yeah, he's got so. yeah forty six of his seventy points this season were in those three games. Yep. So I mean, he is the most expensive boomer bust player, and also the, the reason I'm bringing that up is because last season he wasn't. Yeah. Last season he was yeah. one of the most consistent players week to week. Um, so you're still getting your return. You just have to be patient, and you have to say it might be four or five matches without anything, and then he's just going to go on a tear. Yeah, I mean, as 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 your fourth midfielder, if you do a three four three, I don't think that's a bad thing. Even though Riyad Mahrez is less expensive, he's obviously much more valuable in terms of points. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I like your facts. I I just I I hate when they get in the way of my opinions. But the the, the thing is, I I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously the the ownership percentage of Mahrez is is highly elevated because of his price. But he could, would very well be up there, even if he was at ten or eleven. Pounds, so let, let's let's let, let, let's play it. Let's play a hypothetical. Would you own Riyad Mahrez? And this it's going to start low, and we're going to get higher. Uh, would you own Riyad Mahrez at seven point five? You would. You could start it at ten for me. Like I, I would pay over over ten for him. Absolutely. Would you yeah. have him at eleven, a little under Alexi Sanchez? I mean, at this point, I probably would pay more for him than anybody else. I would not. At least in the midfield. I would not. Um, I, I Well, I would not because... Dimitri Pai is the only one I would pay more for, which is why I'm shedding t- tears still. Exactly. But uh, Riyad Mahrez, though, there's two things here. Maybe De Bruyne, uh, now that I'm... Well, there's two things. There's two things here with, with Mahrez and with Vardy, too. The fixture list is not kind to them, and they also have a brutal holiday schedule. So it's not like it gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to learn what Leicester is by New Year's. So, uh, I mean, they, they, they may fall completely apart. Uh, I remember last season, what was it, uh, when Southampton went through that streak of playing all the top five yeah. in five consecutive weeks and, the, you know, the shoe dropped on them. Um, you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen this before. Uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it means that they can still score. I mean, I don't think they're going to win too much in this time. But if they do score, you do think that Riyad Mahrez is going to be involved, though. Um, but that's what. But that's why I wouldn't pay that really high premium price. I would only go up as far as like eight point five. You know, uh, and jo- and John, what are your thoughts here? Because you hear two two kind of contrasting opinions. I'd pay middle price for him. Andrew would pay top top price for Riyad Mahrez. What would you pay for him in in this format? I mean, I think I think Andrew's right in that. Thank you. That moving on. Premium. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and now we can add, we can end the podcast. There's no yeah. way you come back next week. Um, the uh, the I think the consensus would be on that that people would pay over 10 million, and that's just because I mean, and maybe not at the same numbers. He's like he's 55 something percent owned right now. I mean, 58.6 percent owned at 6.7 million. Um, and then you look at somebody like Kevin De Bruyne, right, who's 10.5 percent. He's 23.6. Mesut Ozil's right in there. Um, the only outlier for that that uh, 
double-digit price tag at 10 plus that's over 30 percent owned i think is alexis sanchez in the midfield so i mean you can still make a case that he could be as high as third and, and mara's i mean you can make a case that if he was priced at what alexis sanchez is priced at you know 11 11 or higher he'd still be 35 percent owned which is staggering um i don't know that i agree with the assessment that Lester's going to find what they're made. I mean, I guess in the real world, yeah, Lester's going to find what they're made of, but I don't, it doesn't remotely matter for fantasy purposes. I mean, nobody's starting any of Lester's defenders, if only because you only get to start three players from a team, and Vardy and Mares are two of them. So it doesn't particularly matter to me. Um, Mares in 12 matches this season has failed to score a goal or record an assist in just four of them. He's he's involved in everything. He has seven goals, five assists. If he scores three goals and has five assists the rest of the season, and he's going to, he's a lock to do double digits in both. And no player last season went double double. Closest was Eden Hazard. He went uh, fourteen goals or uh, nine assists. Yeah. Nobody went double double. So that right, that we're sitting here talking about Ryan Mars after twelve weeks as a lock to do it. I mean, barring obviously injury. Um, or being or, transferred or, to Real Madrid. Real Madrid, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I I don't see a way that you that you that you don't have him in your team at least until mm. you know he falters and he's not going to falter in the next three possibly four matches. I don't see a diff. I truly don't see a difficult match for Riyad Mahrez until that away trip to Everton on the 19th of December, followed by that away trip, you know, right back up to Liverpool uh, on Boxing Day. I don't think that bodes well for him. Then they have City at home. So I think I think you ride him in through that Chelsea match on the 14th of December, and then maybe you look to sell him ahead of the Everton match. So Riyad Mahrez averages a shot every 28 minutes. Uh, and so does Dimitri Payet. There's one other person that averages a shot in that time frame in, as a midfielder. Who do you think that is? Alexis. Oh, Philip Coutinho? No. It's it, it's 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 not someone you it's not someone you'd think. It's someone we've we've not mentioned at all. Ooh, like Marco Arnautovic or something. Oh, I know who I it guess is. he's a, he's a forward. Uh, yeah, he is a forward. You're on the right team though. Yeah. Oh, so uh, midfielder for Stoke. Uh, is it Jonathan Walters? Is he is. still rated a midfielder? He is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in the last four game weeks, he's had eight shot attempts inside the box. So that's... How many goals? Uh, Zero? Uh, uh, good question. I think he's had one. But <laughs> <laughs> but the attempt, but the attempts <laughs> the attempts are second only to Raheem Sterling, who also I think only has one for that matter. But Always known uh, for his finishing ability. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's just, you know, opportunity. And someone who's probably not going to be, you know, too incredibly highly owned. Um, but just a name to throw out there because he's playing well and, of course, coming off of the big triumph for Ireland um, where he had his double. Um, he's playing well. And for some reason, he's still a thing, and I really don't know why. <laughs> and he takes their penalties, so you'll you'll get you'll get those goals too when, if they ever do get penalties. Between him and Arnautovic, I believe when when Walters on the field, I do believe Walters takes it. So, oh, that oh, sorry, go sorry. Ahead. I, I, so I'm on Taga's um, player thing right now, and I just sorted by shots on target. Um, Jonathan Walters. At least if we've uh, if we've updated today and so we've captured last week, he has five shots on target. Oh, I was going to guess right? two. Yeah, five shots on target, and I uh, that is the same number as among others, uh, Toby Alderworld, Ooh, yeah. uh, the now benched Cameron Jerome, 
Uh, I'm not saying they're on target. It's saying that he, he, he attempts shots. Yeah, yeah, he He's does. In the right position. I believe yeah, you actually he... used the term opportunity, which tends to be need. You know, you need some sort of finishing ability for those opportunities to actually work out. And he does have two goals, but I believe one of them was a penalty. It, yeah. Yep. All right, let's get to our forwards, and we'll uh, and we'll wrap up this podcast here. I'll start with my forwards. Uh, I, I, of course, you know, with all the money that I've saved, I've spent big on two of the three. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. How many people have Odion Igalo at 5.5? Yep. No. Two? No. Okay, so only two of us. Okay, but I have Igalo at 5.5. I have Romelu Lukaku at 8.6, and I paid the 13 for Sergio Aguero. So, good. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can really argue with the production of those three guys either. To this point, of what you think they're going to get going forward, uh, with Igalo being kind of speculative at five point five that he continues his uh, his pace here. But Igalo and Dini play very well together, and when you play defensively and have two strikers up front, you know if those two strikers play well together, they're the ones who are commonly going to be you know passing among each other. So. Um, I, I don't I don't think he'll continue his pace. I think he'll slow down a little bit, but he also will pass it to Dini, who can actually pick up his goal scoring pace. So he can, you know, maybe get a couple of assists here and there to go along with the goals he'll get going forward. But Lukaku's playing amazingly, starting to really put it all together, especially when Aruna Kone is on the field and Sergio Aguero. There's no explanation really needed as long as he's healthy. He's the best striker in the Premier League. So. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll pay the premium for a premium striker because they're very hard to find. Uh, see Chelsea. <laughs> uh, a- Andrew, go ahead with uh, with your strikers here, because it seems that you may have some differences. Uh, just one, because I, I went with Aguero and Lukaku as well. And I paid seven two for Jamie Vardy, thinking that he will score 50 goals this year. You mean Real Madrid's Jamie Vardy? <laughs> I don't think he's going to, to Real Madrid. I think he'll end up at PSG. Well, I mean, 20, 20 million and uh, James in exchange. I mean, I think Lester probably would say yes to that. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> that may, might be the, the most shenanigans thing that's ever happened on this podcast. <laughs> I call for some good ones, too. Uh, that one takes every, the cake. Yeah, everyone knows James is dying to play for Lester. <laughs> yeah, boyhood club. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Tra- tra- trading a Jamie for a James. There you go. <laughs> um, I did. I did two different sets of forwards here because I really <laughs> wanted to be able to fit uh, David Silva into my midfield to pair him with uh, KDB. And so my my original pairing or my or my original uh, three up front was Lukaku, Vardy, and then I went with Christian Benteke on the assumption that he's going to come back healthy first and stay healthy longer for Liverpool. And I, I like that team um, to hit goals now. Um, maybe maybe as many as 70 over the season. Maybe, I mean, if they're really pushing, maybe they could they could make up lost ground. As we know, they were putting in a goal a game um, in the pre-Klopp era. So that's that would be uh, a, a very aggressive pace that I'm setting there. Uh, I know 70 goals on you know at the end of the season doesn't look great, but when you consider it's a truncated season, I, I think that team's going to start banging them in. In order to fit in David Silva, what I did was I took out Vardy and Benteke. I brought in Odion Igalo. Um, I like the way that team lines up. I, I've actually... Um, I touted, I, I think all three of us touted Troy Deeney um, over the summer um, as, a, as a good value, a 20-goal scorer in the championship. Three straight um, had a, years. 
yep, had an amazing partnership with Igalo their last term. Mike, one concern with Igalo um, and why I, I considered putting Dini in his place, and, and I think you could make that change and not feel bad about it, is that Igalo is 18.1% selected mm-hmm. already and is at uh, is currently at 55 And so when you take that and you consider that Dini is at 51 and is 2.1% selected and, you know, frees up almost another half million for you. I think that Dini is, is easily a coin flip um, with a Gallo. I wouldn't have a problem with it. That fixture list is United at home. I don't think either of them do anything in that match. Um, but since we're doing it as wild card exercise, Villa, Norwich, Sunderland are mm, weeks 14, wow. 15, and 16. I mean, you could make an argument that you can put a Gallo and Dini in there and then use those savings to, to bring in Alexis instead of Jorginho Winjaldum in my team and, and Sergio Aguero instead of um, Harry Kane, who I have in this in this side, um, paired with Lukaku and Igalo. And that would just be uh, staggering. And I don't think that you'd come out any of the worse for it. So, John, uh, staying on the Watford topic here. Yep. I, I've said this. I've said this to Andrew in the past. When Odeon Igalo is on the field. What percentage of goals of Watford's goals is he involved in? When he's on the pitch? Yep. Uh, he's been involved in nine this term. I would say they've probably scored 14, so 65%. No, no, no. Well, they've well, okay, so let, let me break this down. They've scored two goals when he's not been on the pitch. Oh, for real? They scored oh, only two. Wow. And, and they've he's... and they've scored 11 total. Yep. So what's that 81%? 100% of the goals he's been involved in. He has he has he has seven goals and two assists and they've scored two when he's not been on the pitch. And those were both when did those goals even happen against I guess against Everton? Well, well in, it's in, in the, the opening at, week. Beginning of the season that he didn't start. Right, he only got 17 minutes in the in the opening week of the season and they scored two. So that has to be one of them. When was the other one? When did the other one even happen? Oh, that's it. Oh, those two. <laughs> gotcha. No, so, he scored. He oh scored. no, he scored the second one. He scored the second one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I forgot. I forgot when the other one was, but it's a hundred percent of the goals that Wofford has scored. He's been involved in. Lovely. It's a, it, it's it's the most Insane. it's the most dominating performance considering that these guys that that Wofford does not score very much. They score less than a goal a game. But yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, you know when it was? It was it was the last week. It was against Leicester because they lost that game two to one. He didn't get the goal or the assist in that. So he's bookended every other goal. <laughs> That's amazing. It's wow. it's unbelievable how dominant he is for Leicester uh, for Watford and how important he is to that team. So you need to tweet that stat before I steal it from you. So. <laughs> it's been it's been pretty it's been a pretty amazing season for him when you come to think about it, which is why I think he's worth that extra half million, especially when you're looking at strikers and forwards. I, mean, I have no problem paying that premium because that's the position you're saving for. I'm not saving for a defender. Screw that. You know, I, I don't need to spend a half million there. I'd rather I mean, it, you can you can make the case that a midfielder may be, you know, uh, you know, half a million for a midfield. I, I, I might be able to understand that. But when you're when your price starts with five as a forward, uh, I, I'll I'll take the extra half million, especially no, especially when you know that of the two of those guys, Igalo is the one that it runs through. Dini's kind of been secondary this season, which to me, if you if you told that to me at the beginning of the season, I would have told you were crazy. He didn't so, even start last year. Most yeah, because you play be oh, hey, him and Vidra. Yeah. 
see how that turned out. Um, yeah, but uh, wild card for me. Uh, I just want to end end on some overall strategy, and then we'll we'll say our goodbyes here. But I like to play the wild card right before um, the holiday the holiday fixture list. So making sure that all the guys a are healthy and b performing well going into those four games. So back to back to back to back to back. Um, and then also potentially playing uh, uh, one of those chips, like the like the bench points chips, right on the back of the wild card. So making sure that you know your bench players will play as well. Uh, what do you think of that strategy, John? I, I don't have a huge problem with it. I'm actually I'm deeply engrossed now in this concept of starting three dirt cheap forwards. Uh, and I'm really sorry not to sidetrack you. You made you made an excellent point. I'm just sitting here with uh, Aruna Kone, Odia Nagalo, and Ayos Perez as my three starting forwards. And my midfield includes De Bruyne, Sanchez, Silva, and I think you could still figure out a way to, to get uh, Mesut Ozil in there. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure you can maybe even think of the likes of, um, you know, maybe a Cameron Jerome if you wanted to go that yeah, route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, seriously, if I drop Hector Bellerin and I bring in uh, Joel Ward, I can drop uh, Ryan Maras or Georgina Wijnaldum and bring in Mesut Ozil. Yeah, it's... Yep, it's amazing. I'm sorry, I'm like I didn't. No, 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 it's, it, no. It probably, <laughs> yeah, we 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 could we would love to talk about this stuff on Twitter. I go, we go, we're up against it now. We're starting to get uh, a little late here, but we can definitely talk about it on Twitter at Fantasy Gaffer for John G A F F E R is how you spell Gaffer in case you know you forgot. Uh, at Rotowire Andrew for Andrew, and then for me it's at Sports by Gotti. That's G O T T I as in growing up and. Ah, what a day. What a game week coming up in game week 13, which we will preview for you on the next episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We'll catch you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.